them American would be a better intro song. I am American, American. Um, <laughs> I am American, American. Closer. Oh. <laughs> uh, you'll have to forgive me, America. I did not rehearse any of these RuPaul classics <laughs> before coming into the high key studio today. So, well, for this episode, I wanted to do something a little different. We're You're switching it up on us. A little bit. So we are High Key Book Club, basically a book club for movies and TV. I'm Zelani. I'm Cameron. And today we're talking about RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10, which just ended. And I didn't want... Normally we kind of do a first part of the episode is non-spoiler, spoiler-free. And then the second part is spoilers. But we have so much to cover. It's a whole season. I don't think we should do that. We should just go into spoilers because it's just too much. And I'm not sure what to cover. The only thing that I would cover at the beginning here is just giving your recommendation why it's a worthwhile show to watch. But I we need to get into the spoilers quick because we're going over lots of things. Well, I was a late uh, Ru-vert convert. Mm-hmm. I came on late to the Ru ship, Ru starship. I was very actually kind of against it the first time I saw it from the first episode. I mean, he was mad at the product placement. I was, but I don't blame him. And just reality TV in general at the time. Kind of, but no, like I don't, I don't blame him because, you know, especially stuff like this that's so new and so different. Like, they need. I felt like it was really packaging a culture though like packaging an identity and kind of trying to bubble wrap it without addressing some other parts of it but well, but it does it does and you have to pay attention Especially to now. the entire se- right and yeah. and the entire season these the themes they pop up over time but i just watched one particular episode it was like right in the middle of the season so it was the episode what in season five where roxy breaks down when she's in the, the final two yeah and the bus stop speech uh-huh so that was the first episode that i ever crazy watched crazy first episode to watch first yeah oh, they shit. they wanted to they really wanted to throw me into the so it was actually a really cool unit it was in my narrative strategies class at film school and we used it also in conjunction with the documentary genre to look at how documentary is utilized in various ways via movie or television show or parody those types of things mockumentary mm-hmm. and so that's that was the context in which we watched it and we also watched the paris is burning documentary mm-hmm. and that was it was supposed to sort of bring us full circle to show how you know, documentary is used in two different ways to still address the same culture. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. If mm-hmm. you haven't watched Paris is Burning, it's actually on Netflix. It's a really good documentary about ball culture in the 80s. And then now we have Pose, which is like a fictional version of it. That's amazing. And RuPaul takes so much from Paris is Burning and that, that culture. Shade. No, like... He, he no no i know i'm saying like that's that's <laughs> oh, one of the things oh though, you that mean they take. shade yeah. literal shade yeah oh. shade, <laughs> oh, no. uh, i thought you were saying i was wearing shade no, no. Sh- yeah shade reading i know better than that 
yeah category all like the tens tens across the board all mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. all of that is the ball culture and like the realness yeah they gotta do executive realness though i don't think they i've ever have, seen they have yeah you just haven't seen i've only okay i've seen nine out of 13 seasons what um 13 seasons well, oh you're including ten, the all-stars yeah. well that's where they did executive realness first of all and all-stars 2 is considered one of the best seasons ever of all of drag race i don't know if i would consider all-stars a well, legit peop- season it's like the nba all-stars it's just a side game it is but also all-stars 2 was very it was a big deal interesting because it was really good it was just good broxy was in it Basically, it was season five, 2.0, but <laughs> we're here to talk about season 10. This episode is probably going to be 10 hours long because I have notes on every episode of season 10. <laughs> well, that's good. We need a thorough recap and <laughs> we only have so much time. So it's not necessarily a recap, just kind of talking. I mean, it, it's kind of a recap in a very broad sense and also like just like the major things to come out of each episode but i kind of want to start off with the finale just because it's kind of a hot take it just happened it's there's a lot of conversations happening about it lots of things so oh well my recommendation on drag race is you should watch it because it's the only competitive reality show that literally includes everything in it you know what I mean? Like, it's Project Runway, it's Top Model, it's Skin Wars, it, you know, it's like makeup, it's So You Think You Dance, America's Got Talent. It's, it's kind of like every talent it, each con- contestant has to have. They have to know how to do makeup, they, know, they have no fashion, looks, padding, they have to dance, they have to sing. Model. They have to model, they have to t- tell jokes, they have to act. act. They literally everything, even this season, which we'll get to that, but they had to dress up a pancake. So even cooking reality TV is in there. This season was wild with its competitions. I mean, they really put them through the ringer. They made them record songs. But a lot of things are things that are recurring every season. But yeah, it just gets bigger and better. And the queens get just more because they have so many more reference points too it's like they just keep getting more talented and season 10 was super insane like it was so hard for me to tell super insane like how much game they brought yeah because like every week i feel like i was like i don't know who's gonna go home sometime like because the looks were so great you know it's just like they were so good and Mm. i was so scared every time like i'm like Anyone could go because everyone's really good. Yeah, Zeleni didn't have any nails at the end of every episode because she bit them all off. <laughs> That's not true. I buy them off all on Monday when I go to work. Oh, you <laughs> every have a Monday. Scheduled nail I do day. because wow. At the weekend they grow out because I'm not stressed, and then I get back to work. Anyway. Wow, so I thought I knew everything about you. <laughs> the finale. Okay. Oh, okay. What? So that's my recommendation. No other show requires this much diversity and talents and like types of things you can do you Mm -hmm. have to do so many things so it's just worth watching for that and it's also super just innovative in in that rupaul and the producers i guess try so many new things with reality tv because drag is originally 
used as like a satire and like a parody of society and gender and all of that. So like they really play with that. So it's like, and I've told you before, it's like half satire parody of these like top model and Project Runway like serious reality TV shows. But then half also very important queer representation and like education about queer culture and like especially for young queer people that they have that Mm. to look at when a lot of older people didn't have any representation in media. So it's like half like really non-serious because it's like parodying our society, but then half really serious and important because it's representing a whole community, you know? Hmm. And I think that makes it super interesting to watch that sort of contrast. And then the variety of talents that everyone has to have. So you should watch it. But now we're going to get into spoilers because we have a lot to talk about. We're going to start with the finale, which was last night. It was crazy. Okay, so spoilers now. I'm going to say who the winner is. (laughs) So the winner is Aquaria. (gasps) Yeah, and... Cameron was mad about it, but I was super happy about it. I loved her since the beginning. I love her weird energy and her artsiness. Like, that's, yeah, right up my alley, you know? I don't know. I just, when I was watching the season, I did not ever really look at Aquaria as a winning candidate. (sighs) I don't know why. Literally in the promos, she was first, you know, so they released, like, Oh, I think I remember what now why. But yeah, so what about promos? Well, when they released like the pictures of like the queens, the first pictures when they're announcing the season, Aquaria was first. But literally when I first saw her, I was just like, oh my God, she's beautiful. Like I, I you know, I like From her. From that first photo? Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm crazy. I don't even know. She could be evil. How Exactly. How could you make such a quick decision? That's very I mean, unlike you. I didn't. I just. That was my instinct, but I was like, no, wait, get to know her first, you know. But my first instinct was like, oh, she's cool. Aquaria. Yeah, but why did you not like her? I'm afraid to say. Why? Because it's rude. Well, you shouldn't be rude. That's another thing I've learned. Just, I think, maturing (laughs) myself and also I've been, like, absorbing a lot of extra content that other people make about drag race you learn to see them as people and i do think it's an age thing because a lot of young fans like that's a big problem now in drag race how there's so many trolls and mm-hmm. like they'll go after like any queen for like the smallest thing mm. mm-hmm. like you know when cracker went home everyone went for asia because of that comment mm. of the she's not a star like everyone went for her so like in a r- evil way of like tearing people down and it happens like all the time to like most of the queens or all of them at some point but they just always talk about it being such a big deal and to me it's not like because i don't see it it's like not that much in my feeds or anything but i know it is a big problem to these queens and are the trolls fans of the show yeah that's the thing like people get they tear other queens down but then they're like big fans of the show so the queens get just mad because it's like do you think of these fans as stakeholders 
in the show? I don't know. I feel like people blame young fans, but I think it's also like, I don't know. It's hmm. a lot of things. But anyway. Yeah, I didn't like Aquaria uh, because, I mean, not to be rude, but I just felt, I felt she was a little bland in terms of her personality. No, that, that that's fair critique. That's not just yeah catering. like there were certainly other personalities that drew For me sure. in a lot more than aquaria did yeah but at the end of the day i had nothing to s- wrong to say about her looks and then also towards about a third or maybe halfway through the season i remember there's some specific incident that occurs where aquaria's eyes are opened in some way for, for some reason and she starts to reflect more on mm-hmm. how she is behaving. And then you see this transformation occur mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the season and then onward where she, I don't know, she becomes more likable and more reflective and less abrasive or not thoughtful about what she says and does before she says or does it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she and we'll talk about when that episode was when we go through all the episodes after oh, yeah. the finale. Got it. Yes, she she had I don't know she I found her personality endearing. It was weird, and I liked her delusional level of confidence because to me I never felt like she was trying to be thinking of her of herself as superior to the other queen. She just l- clearly loved herself and was very confident in what she was doing without thinking or worrying or anything with the other queens you know she was always like it was like such high self-confidence but without being like superior about it you know Hmm. Mm -hmm. like she was never she was always just focused on herself and that's what you need in that to win so yeah a lot of things i might say also well i've been (laughs) listening to podcasts about drag race yeah what's that podcast called okay yeah so the my favorite one that i've listen to is called all right mary with the co-hosts are colin and johnny Mm. and they do like really deep analyses of like each each episode and untucked and then other things during off seasons or like they'll do past seasons too and i've just been binge binge listening at work listening yeah at work so much that's great you should you should hashtag that (laughs) i've been listening to all right mary and a lot of things i might say come from their deep analysis of it so i definitely want to give them credit there's other podcasts too there's squirrel friends cocktail hour who actually follow hiking book club and we follow them they're cool uh with nick and amanda and then grizzly kiki which is one they're actual drag queens and they do a lot of interviews too with like past queens and stuff it's really good good so yeah shout out to all the podcast out there and if you definitely if you want more in-depth drag race because covering one season in an episode is not normal at all for any drag race podcast because they go in depth on every episode so if you're looking for that there's definitely a lot of choices out there yeah we're really just like the introduction yeah exactly we're doing an overview here because we do movies and tv so this is tv <laughs> and it's good okay so the finale, the best, okay, the best things, and I've been lurking on the subreddit. You lurk? I lurk on the subreddit for Drag Race. Dang. Uh, today about, all about the finale. Do you have that bookmarked on your browser? No. And, <laughs> and 
the best things I think people are saying, like the the good things that came out of the finale, definitely was Monet Exchange crowned as Miss Congeniality. Cool. And that it was voted for by the other queens, mm-hmm. which before every season it's been like a fan vote, which makes no sense because the fans don't know how a queen really interacts right in person like how are they at breakfast that's really where you get to see somebody's true colors exactly yeah so it made no sense and what happened last year valentina got miss congeniality uh-huh and there was a big ruckus really (laughs) and it was in the reunion thank goodness because i can't stand her (laughs) i'm sorry rude you haven't even (laughs) seen you're being a hater i'm not i just i really she's just too much she's over the top for me yeah you know i haven't seen enough of that season uh i've seen enough i'd like to keep it on please (laughs) she had an iconic moment where she left in a very crazy way okay I'll have to take your word for it because I doubt I'll ever watch season. Well, you should watch that lip sync because it's hilarious. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that's all I want is a compilation of lip syncs. Well, I'll show you. I'll show you that one because it's iconic. Cool. And so she won Miss Congeniality. And then at the reunion, everyone freaked out because everyone was like, no, she's so fake. She's exactly. Well, you don't know. They know. I would have been on. I would have been retweeting all of those. They can say it. They know what they're talking about. (laughs) And. They were like, this award should really be called fan favorite. Good job. You're fan favorite. You're fan favorite. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> and she sits down. But for this one, for this season, was there like a controversy about getting the fan? Like after 24 hours, they had to quit the polling? I still don't know what happened. I don't know if it was just like. Russian bots? Yeah. Like to to make the political statement. And because there Maybe, was, but it, it could have been a real thing too. Like. Uh, maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, at the finale, Rue said, like, because Russian interference, <laughs> <laughs> they, they had to vote miscongeniality with the queens, which makes sense in the first place. I only know about the that really, though, through Miss uh, Cracker's oh, review, review of the Jew. Which is another extra content thing that I'm really grateful for. If And that's the thing that really turned me on to Cracker, because at first I didn't like Cracker very much because on the show she's very... I mean, this was her whole issue and ultimately what sent her home was that she was like self-producing and she couldn't get out of her head. And she was like sort of giving like very rehearsed lines and like witty comebacks instead mm. of just being like real and raw. And that's what gets you to the top two. It's so hard to do that on reality. It TV really though. is. Like with cameras and lights in front of you yeah. all the time. I don't I don't blame her at all, but I, I didn't connect with her because of that, because mm. she wasn't showing herself. But then... And all right, Mary, they said, oh, we're watching Review with Jews. So I, I heard about that. And it's like Cracker's recap series of every episode on YouTube. And it's really great. And that's where you see the real Cracker and you fall in love with her. And after that, I was like, Cracker for, for the win, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Are there any other of the queens that have their own YouTube channels with reviews? Probably. I don't know about review, re- like recaps like mm-hmm. that, but. I, I'm not sure because I, they're I really Cracker. like missing out. I feel like Miss Cracker hit a vein there. And yeah, for sure. There's been in the past for sure lots of queens that have done YouTube, but I'm not sure which ones this season. If there's many, yeah, it's just something that I want to take a note for being like a brand new fan to this and also coming at it 
sort of with this uh, atomosity. Is that the right word? Is that a word? Uh, yeah, animosity. That, that's a negative. Uh, yeah, well, like that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Is like I had sort of an animosity towards reality TV mm-hmm. before coming uh, into the season watching it, and then I, Zeleny showed me review with the Jew around I don't know season seven maybe, and when we watched it, I was it just made me it it changed my perspective a little bit of what the state of reality TV is now and the, the different levels and layers that there can be to it. When I was watching reality TV growing up as a kid, we didn't have the YouTube channels to, you know, see what the stars were saying, especially live in the moment of all these uh, episodes coming out. So it, it's really cool uh, just to see this background perspective sort of in the moment as these episodes are coming out. Yeah, she, so she gives a lot of like behind the scenes tea about what went on or things that were cut out that that she remembers and stuff. I think it's just that especially this season too, they show like they're not afraid of showing the behind the scenes stuff like or referring to the audience or referring to the cameras. You know, it it was I mean, it's been slowly progressing like the makeover challenge in season nine, it was to make over crew members. Mm. So it's like, it's like showing the, the moving parts behind They're it. trying like, to acknowledge more and more that yeah, it's a connection. Yeah. It like it, every season it keeps getting more like, and then like, that's why the Vixen's untucked moment where she brought up the race issue was a big deal because no one really had referenced that directly. What the audience does or thinks about in the show you know oh. like that's just not something you do because you're you're focused you're competing and you know it takes you out of like that little yeah. world this was that time for that though yeah oh for sure yeah and this again like, like this season, you know um, america's just getting woke like well, it's sort of a wave. I know. And I think media is catching up to that. And if anything, RuPaul is sort of a trailblazer well, for he's, that. Yeah. He's At least to show us his a, platform. A pioneer. Like this season, it was so political. That was another really amazing thing. Almost every episode had some political message, you know, to fight and to mm-hmm. vote and to. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like protest, you know, like so many things are just reaffirming messages that RuPaul believes in and that are related to the current political climate quite a bit. That's true. And it's not the, I mean, she's been doing that for a long time. Just this season, a lot of people have talked about how it's just, you can feel the rage behind it a lot more because it's so present. And like, and I mean the whole American being like the final song and you know, that's so, I missed that completely. American <laughs> was the final song. Not like not the finale, but like the one before. The one where they wrote their verses and recorded their songs. Oh, got it. Right. Remember? Is that So did they write new verses to an old song? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. That and that's usually <laughs> what happens. He's so resourceful. Right. That's usually what happens. Yeah. Can we talk if that is usually can we talk about that first? Got go into that? What? Just like how RuPaul uses his own music inside of his show so it's sort of right. economical for um, sure yeah i mean i just think i personally think it's interesting to look at from a stardom perspective of how this show is like a vehicle for rupaul to also 
have some like self-promotion of course well it's a lot of it and it's referenced and it's parodied and i don't know it's just drag has so many layers of parody and satire you know it's just like Hmm. because like they'll make fun of how rupaul like oversells himself ah like the queens will Um. in, in past seasons and stuff not necessarily this season but like they you know but he still does it yeah so it's like it's just like all these layers. Pr- proud to. Proud. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so season 10. Okay, Monet, Miss Congeniality. And I totally agreed with that. That's who I voted for because I, I did vote. I didn't even realize they got closed down because I was like, oh, I voted. I'm done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your vote didn't matter. I, but I voted for the person that won. So oh, well, there you go. I voted for Monet because she was truly, she's the narrator of the season. She did a great job. Yeah, she was somebody from within the f- like first or second episode. I was starting to notice just from the interview segments the, of how great she was of a narrator for the action that was happening off or you know outside of the interviews, like the actual action happening. Yeah, uh, she was a great commentator, and uh, I I agree. I don't know anything about the award and the history of it, but Mr. if anybody deserved, means like nicest and friendliest mm-hmm. and monet definitely was that for so many of the queens yeah okay we'll come back to the good things because there's a lot of stuff so butterfly gate oh is the big topic oh of the year yeah like what was she thinking <sighs> what happened there well okay she thought she could just bust out as an amazon queen well pros and cons like i do appreciate her risk I appreciate her trying something new. Mm-hmm. I I like agree because all the other queens, none of them did anything new, mm-hmm. except Aquaria with the, the fire thing. That's a little new. What for, fire thing for Drag Race? She had like a little firecracker at the beginning of the final oh. lip sync. Yeah, it just had so many risks. It was just a big risk, and it didn't pay off. And the other thing a lot of people are mentioning is that butterflies and that theme didn't go with any of with either of the two songs Mm -hmm. that were options so like even if it had worked like the theme thematically it didn't align very much Mm -hmm. and the major criticism of the night of the whole night is that the reliance on the reveals as they call them instead of lip syncing and dancing Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I agree <sighs> because it's sort of like the beast that you've created. Exactly. I mean, so every season is supposed to top the season before and Sasha Velour was not topped by any of the queens in the lip sync. Sasha was last year. She did the rose petals. Yeah. So in season nine, yeah. Sasha, what'd she do? She took off her wig and there's petals that came out yeah definitely look it up if you haven't seen it it's amazing but it was part of the narrative of the song and it worked really well and also peppermint in stronger yeah she did stronger uh by britney spears and she was in the other group (laughs) she had a really cool reveal with her skirt and her wig that was really beautiful and like timed really well with the song Mm -hmm. like you have to wait for the climax and i don't know so so many of these queens just like the expectation is like reveals 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 the whole time and just 
shocking everyone, but I mean, there was that meme going around beforehand of the finale of how, <laughs> like, everyone is like, oh, wonder if there's going to be any reveals this season or this finale. And everyone looked like a big blob, like, clearly waiting. Right. To be opened. <laughs> oh, God. Especially Aquarius, but yeah, like Eureka had a big thing on, which that, that turned out to be a really cool reveal. It's just like, ugh, they had so many that it's hard to like remember which was which. And, you know, it's not shocking because you expect it. It doesn't necessarily fit with the parts of the song. Like the thing about last year's reveals, they were very much timed with the songs and they were like fit in with the story of it. And, they were well-timed. And Sasha won because hers was super original. Like, it's something we hadn't seen, but not something ridiculously risky like butterflies. <laughs> Living things. Yeah, it's dangerous. Oh, I feel so bad for her at the same time because I was rooting for her so much. She's a Texas queen. We were... She even... Shout it out on the show. Yeah. UT. Right. Hook them. <laughs> Hook them. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, that's the new paradigm. <laughs> she did. She shouted us out. And I don't know. It was just like, she's our Texas queen. But, and I, I was rooting for her so hard. I know. It was so we strange to watch her. The device that she had mm-hmm. on her breasts to do it, it ended up, I mean, where I felt like the execution was poor was not so much in like these butterflies coming out. Like even if they just flopped down onto the floor, okay. I mean, it was at least some effort, but I felt like there wasn't thought put into what the after look would be after she mm-hmm. did the reveal because the after look left me even like more dissatisfied. Right. That's a good point. I mean, you saw... I think it's supposed to improve your look, like, after you do that. Yeah. Yeah. The confusion in the audience, the famous gif of Monique and Vanjie, like, looking scared. Uh, uh, (laughs) There's, like, a zoom in of them, two, and they're, like... They're, like, in the audience. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so funny. And, oh, I just feel... Poor Asia. Yeah, it's true. And... A person, one of the queens that did a good job with reveals, I think, is Cameron Michaels, actually. She had her, like, kimono, and then she took it off, and it was, like, a cool bodysuit. But, like... It really was cool. Super sparkly. Yeah. It was, like, I'm mirrored. all about the sparkles. <laughs> you are. I just want to say, like, this this season got me hooked to things that are sparkly and shiny. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And it was, like, well-timed with the music. It, it was fitting. Like, the whole look was fitting for, like, a Janet Jackson a song, which they both were Janet Jackson. So, at least you have something to, like, thematically dress for, you know? Right. I mean, it's ironic that none of them did anything that was resemblant of the Nipplegate scandal. Well, kind of. In 2004. Aquaria kind of did, actually, because... She had, oh, yeah, that's she had right. the Her, cones and yeah. then they came out and they looked... They were cool. They were. I, I really liked it. But the tea, there's tea. There's behind the scenes. So you know how Eureka and Aquaria did their lip sync and then they were both saved? Yeah. Well, what really happened, that, that double save was to save Aquaria to give her a second chance because apparently she fell during the lip sync. Oh, no. She like fumbled a lot in her dancing and the whole the crowd after they were done was chanting because eureka did amazing and then lip sync and 
her reveal was actually cool. Like the purple to the red reveal was really cool. I think it got overshadowed by how many reveals she had, but that uh-huh. that blue to the red was cool. And then she had a bodysuit under. That uh, when they finished, the crowd was chanting "Eureka" in, in the live in the live what? taping. Yeah, and <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the crowd was chanting "Aquaria" no. because. She felt, oh no. She's definitely a fan favorite, but like... Not a very sympathetic audience. Well, I guess, but like Eureka really turned it out. I guess live, it was very impactful. Mm -hmm. And especially if you see, because in the edit, they really don't show, and which makes sense, they don't show Aquarium messing up at all in that lip sync or anything of the crowd uh, shouting. But probably in real life, if you're seeing Aquarius stumbling around and Eureka have like 10 reveals that are executed well oh, for sure the crowd is gonna like Without chant yeah i'd go for re- eureka yeah so rupaul i think it's just based on the competition side of things gave her a second chance because hmm. a lot of people were mad they were like oh eureka double saved again they just love eureka but it was really to save aquaria that the double save happened i, I personally think it was just a ploy to try to show a tie towards the end like a semi-finals that's tie. true i know but we were really hoping a for a tie for this season yeah and i really we didn't wanted i wanted an aquaria asia tie so bad i want like an aquaria eureka tie really or like asia I eureka mean, tie pre-butterfly asia obviously. right right but uh, that's a bummer how do you just go off the deep end like that i mean i i don't want to be so hard on her i okay. think she uh, well she's like I'm sure she feels were terrible. On well, her. yeah, you I remember. I, mean? I remember like they, there was a really powerful shot of Asia right after they announced that she wouldn't be going on to the finals, and there's just a shot that holds on her for like four or five seconds, where her eyes are just all like really displayed all over and not focusing, and she just looks just a little bit shocked and distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 it's like that self-reflective of her choices, yeah. and she's just like, oh man, I like ruined. I it. mean, it was just a risk. If it had worked, however it was, she envisioned it. I'm not sure what that looks like, but however it was, it could have been really cool i don't know it's just i feel so bad for her and it makes sense now because i saw in the past couple weeks after the finale was taped i've seen like interviews with her and a lot of her appearances have been like with her face completely covered and i mean it was definitely seemed like a political statement and i still think it is of like not being seen like as a person whatever Mm -hmm. but also i see it like also you know i've Maybe like reflecting her emotional state as well mm. a little bit, just like and deep read, <laughs> definitely <laughs> deep read. But <laughs> like I saw this one interview that was like a big one of like the final four for this magazine. I forgot maybe Vulture or something, and it was like the interview guy on the far right, and then moving towards the right, Aquaria, Cameron, Eureka taking up like a third of the frame. And then Asia, sort of like a little behind Eureka and like furthest left. And like she was disappearing because Eureka was like in front of the row because she's her outfit was so big uh-huh. that like she was hiding Asia. Like the interviewer couldn't see Asia. <laughs> and it's just like so weird. And I mean, now her answers make a lot more sense. Hmm. Like a lot of her answers because the interviewers keep asking like, oh, what do you think? 
about winning or uh-huh. whatever. And all the queens were like, I think I could win. And Cameron was like really confident. She was like, I think I could win. And I was like, wow, good job, Cameron, being confident. Right. Because uh, <laughs> he's in the top three at this point. Right. Exactly. And they ask Asia and Asia's like, well, to me, it's not really about winning. It's about all these things. And I was like, oh. oh. And I thought you were just being pageant. But now I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh, I'm so, I feel that must have sucked to do all that press. I know. After that. And she knows already. And she knows that the backlash is coming. She mm. knows the disappointment. That's why I'm like. But at the same uh, time, she could like prepare for it. That's true. She definitely prepared her Instagram response and took ownership of her mistake and. It is what it is. It'll definitely go down in history. <laughs> Drag race history. Infamy. Herstory. Yeah. So that was the T on the double save. Butterfly fail. Yeah. Oh, and the, the part I really liked about the finale was the bringing back the season one cast and that remix, the remix of a lot of RuPaul songs and them dancing with like Season one queen with season ten queens. That was a really cool part of it. It was cool. It was a nice like homage. Incorporating like, history. Yeah, herstory. Excuse me. <laughs> I wasn't there for the whole herstory. But that was I thought that was cool and they did like a good job. All I feel like the queens looked really good, like all the all the season ten and, and season one, but it was so nice to see them and dancing around, having fun. I really liked like the just seeing them again like presented you know, mm-hmm. they all walk the season 10. They walk to the audience and bow pretty much. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like it was cool. They it, they did a few clips of the original season one, which oh, uh-huh. unfortunately Zeleny has been very against us watching. Uh, it's just such low filter. I'm I, I, I want to see the roots, though. I think it's important okay. to see the beginning of a show. Just like RuPaul clearly cares about. Now I agree. I've okay, heard great. All Right, Mary their analysis finally you come around yeah their analysis of season one uh yeah so we should watch it definitely yeah so my opinion on the lip sync for the crown a lot of people are upset because of the reveals thing i think what it needed also was like a little change in format from season nine because having the predictability of the format also doesn't help people's attitude about like oh this was underwhelming because that's Uh. like the major feeling for the lip sync part of the finale was that it was underwhelming because it was predictable in that everyone had their reveals prepared, but also in the format, I think in the format, because it's the exact same Mm -hmm. as season nine down to the wheel and everything and the boxes and everything. I think there should have been some switching it up even like it's common in like the drag scene too to do like lip syncs that are like spoken word like monologues like famous oh that's so interesting you know like i don't know i don't even know like a like like a martin luther king speech well something yeah but like a drag oh like malcolm x no (laughs) no like a a famous woman like let's say a a monologue of miranda Priestley from devil was prada or something you know like barbara jordan Anyway, <laughs> just any speech by like a powerful lady. Oprah. No, just. <laughs> Which, by the way, what did you think of that part? That was cool. I mean, 
they did our podcast together, which mm. was cool. I kind of, no, get me wrong. Like, I just think there's a little bit of Oprah saturation right now. I don't think so. Okay. That's not important <laughs> to me. Sorry. <laughs> Oprah's not important to you? <laughs> this some famous monologue or a comedic monologue or like a scene, anything. Either that or, and I was saying like the World Cup's going on, something like World Cup bracket style where it's like everyone gets to face off against everyone. And I think that's more fair too and, and gives people second chances at things rather than having like a double save because a lot of people are whining too that the triple lip sync was like too much going on and you can't focus right it really is like how can you decide on one exactly and like something like more tournament style like how the world cup you know two go up against each other whoever wins gets a certain amount of points if they tie they get a certain amount of points and they all face each other and the two with the most points, move on to the final lip sync and then Rue decides. I think that's like a really fair way. It it would be fresh. And relevant. Yeah. Well, no. They, a lot of people don't care about the World Cup at the Drag Race finale. <laughs> it's just like a good format. Or just like have incorporating some more acting or comedic lip sync. Because there are so many things to lip syncs that aren't just like a pop song. Right. And about dancing. Because that's the other thing. Like, Cameron Michaels is a. Like, she slays at lip sync. She's a lip sync assassin of the season. But, like, that's her strongest part. Like, yeah, she's going to make it forward. But does the whole competition reflect. Right. Her moving forward? You know, it's kind of like. Ugh, it's hard. Do we blame RuPaul? I mean, I don't know if blame is the right word. It's not like a fault necessarily. It's just stuff that I think would be cool to see in the future mm. drag race i, I agree with you because just based on the response everyone says it's underwhelming so like these are some things that maybe could help i think it, i think it really did need a refreshing format but i guess they thought oh it worked in season nine Let's of course yeah they get, com- they get comfortable which uh, drag race innovates so much i'm just like come on you can innovate again and i bet i hope season 11 after this finale they've learned they will so. they will change it up in some sort of way i think yeah i mean like geez they brought it to vh1 this time why why couldn't they go a little bit above and beyond well it season nine was also vh1 was it yeah okay i think you say so i'm pretty sure or maybe i don't know so the the season nine finale was super new and fresh but the season 10 ended up being the exact same format mm. and and carson's like oh it's gonna be new and different and then it's the same and i'm like it's the same the only thing new that they really added to it was bringing back the season one dance uh queens and them yeah and they usually have something with like the past winners or the past you know there's past queens there all the time apparently like i think filming during pride month was kind of a big scheduling conflict for lots because a lot of people are on tour and stuff Uh uh-huh that makes sense yeah Banji for season eleven is pretty much it's pretty much confirmed, or not not speculation. It's speculation, yes, but it's it's clear she's an icon now. I mean, at least for all stars. I don't know if she'll come back. No, I think she'll season eleven because that's another thing Drag Race does randomly brings back queens right. <laughs> like from other seasons <laughs> to this, to the regular season. And this time it was Eureka. 
Right. But that was for like a real reason. Most mm-hmm. of the time it's like for no reason. <laughs> Just like second chance, which is cool. Like it's, I don't know. It, it's so nice that RuPaul doesn't play by like rules. Yeah. Previously, in the, was it season nine where she was just so displeased with both of the oh, season eight. singers? Season yeah. eight, where she was, she was so like, "This is the worst lip sync ever." Both of you are going home, and then she calls up somebody on the cell phone, being like, "Can you come back?" And then who is it that comes back? Nasha Lopez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bitches, I'm back. <laughs> she comes in with her. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's an important moment. Uh, <laughs> nothing like that happened this time. Right. Just Eureka coming back, but that was that yeah. was a legitimate reason, right? For breaking her. There name. wasn't a double elimination. Oh yeah. This season, but there was a double save. There was a double save, and then that double save at the lip sync. Yeah, I think Rue's getting a little generous with his double saves. Yeah, I think. Like he even had yeah, like the double save for the finale. Well, but it was also everyone. It's like ironic because Aquaria. Was the one that said, oh, there's never been two double saves. And then I ended up saving her. And well, I'm also like, referring to the f- uh, uh, like actual qualifications for the finale. Oh, yeah. But you that know, was, the top four. That was the other thing that was like same format as season nine. That's what happened in season nine. And in season nine, it was a surprise. But this season, everyone knew. Yeah. I really didn't like that. It made, the, it made that episode rather pointless. It was. It was a big just love fest. Yeah. I mean, not to hop around episodes. I, do you have you yeah, have like a trajectory here? Yeah, we do. Okay. Just Let's remind me that I want to talk about how boring that episode was. I liked it, but like in a, you know, just want content. Well, whatever. We'll get to it. Okay. So episode one. Which I think I missed somehow. <laughs> I can't remember it too well. I yeah, just it's it like I remember Zeleni going crazy about the Miss Vanjie part and then <laughs> I was like, All right, I guess I gotta watch it now. Yeah, I have my Vanjie shirt. I don't have it on right now, but you you have watched the Lee Dawson Rue Caps, which this is another thing I highly recommend if you like drag race, watch Lee Dawson Rue Caps. It's you can find them mostly on Daily Motion and oh my god, it's like watching Drag Race on Acid. Yeah, it's trippy. It's trippy. AF. But they're good. Anyway, so season one challenge, it was... Oh, the episode one challenge was based on the first challenge ever on Drag Race, which was, like, making an outfit out of, like, dollar store miscellaneous Mm -hmm. things. It was just sort of, like, a tribute to season one first challenge. Was it the Barbie dolls? Well, that was Miss Vanjie's look. But Barbies were in the materials, yes. Barbies aren't a dollar. Well, it's it's not dollar (laughs) store. They're not even that cheap. Right. Uh, Well, (laughs) I don't know. It's basically the unconventional challenge from Project Runway. Mm -hmm. So Mayhem won, and that's where she was kind of established as like a front runner. And then it was kind of weird when she went home early because, you know, winning the first challenge kind of means a lot. I feel like people expect a lot from you. I mean, her look was great, but she, she just didn't make it as far as a lot of people thought, I think, especially me i was a big fan of her mm. and then we get the iconic vanjie moment which is like the vanjie heard around the world you know that was the main stuff from episode one tens across the board second episode was farmer rusical it's like a musical about like parody pharmaceutical ads weird and just weird i mean kind of weird vixen ends up winning and this is the the week eureka was in the bottom which uh. sort of messed up her trajectory 
of being like on top all the time. Right. That well, I mean, didn't mess it up because she wasn't on top in the first episode, was she? I don't think so. But I mean, like it was important because she was like she hit a low point and exactly. this allowed her to rebound and to yeah. become like the shit. Right. I just mean it was like the moment that it's like the blemish on her record. While sure. as Aquaria has none. Right. Um, this was like the one Eureka was low. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, she just needed to bring it. And then I think it was that fear of being at the bottom that yeah, propelled she, her to work harder. She definitely got in her head that because mm-hmm. also the She's dancing. She's like, I'm back. Nothing can stop me. But then, yeah. It was also like the dancing again. It's kind of triggering mm, <laughs> when I you it. broke your knee or whatever on a show and then you have to dance again on that show. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Understandably. Like, come on. How do they how do you <laughs> put how do you put queens through gymnastics and high heels? Yeah, I, I really think they're they're definitely not. They're definitely going to avoid cheerleading or acrobatic challenges from now on, I think, after Eureka in mm. season nine. <laughs> so she sends Calorie Kardashian home. Episode three was Tap That App, which was where they did like commercials for like parody dating apps. Oh, I remember that too. And it's like Rue's new dating app or something. Right. Oh. And it... I mean, the main things it brought about was Asia, Asia's like ugly face moment, which showed her like comedic side because right. she she is a pageant queen, which oh. pageant queens, so is Eureka. Uh, they're traditionally more like about being pretty and glam, you mm. know, they're less like. So this helped her break her mold of that. Definitely. I, see. I think it was an important. Moment. I didn't know it was important because of that. But also, yeah. man, the judges just ate that up. Yeah, they, they love. That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's fine. She, I mean, it, it showed her versatility, which is good. And I think established her as more of a front runner because that was also, yeah, that was the runway because she won. She, that was the runway of the Tweety Bird. Oh, and that was iconic. Cool. That was like my, one of my favorite looks. It was like a big yellow Tweety. It was the feather runway. Mm-hmm. And it also had Cameron's most, Cameron Michael's most iconic look, the right. feather the black with the Ooh, gold. I totally. I tried to compare it to the the villain woman uh, in the Power Rangers series, but I guess not not as close of a comparison. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron um, looked a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so wait, in the next episode, is that when Asia gets criticized for helping others? Yes, actually. But just to wrap up episode three, you are. Uh, ends up being oh thank god gosh i could not stand her you can't stand a lot of these people they're people too i get it but you you shouldn't be such a hater i know but i really liked her finale look to u.s credit the ghost no (laughs) the she had like the humongous fan yeah, that was cool. That was cool. It was good. I like that. But everybody brings it. Like they, they probably have special designers. That oh, of course. Well, help no, them. no, no. Listen, Yua is a designer for like half of these queens. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, she made like a lot of crackers looks. That's the thing. She was like a drag costume person mostly before. But what is? Why did she dress up as the ring girl in the I'm, reunion? I'm definitely not sure. Some was people, there any t- chatter about that? No, I mean a lot of people have been liking it just for being like weird and different. But like, yeah, it was pretty strange. <laughs> I mean, she committed. She did, and that's what even made it weirder. I think her her brand is like quirky, so it worked. Like yeah. quirky drag, unpredictable, um, I guess. Yeah, but I definitely appreciate all the work she did behind the scenes for a lot of these queens 
because a lot of these queens come with designers and I guess we'll get to this conversation a little bit with Monique Hart but you know there's definitely levels of like advantages that the queens come in with because Mm -hmm. it depends on their fame and notoriety and their connections outside of the show for them to get the looks that are good on the show you know Mm. it's just the way it is right now so okay yeah you are leaves she does a lot of like air guitar which a lot of people were upset about (laughs) and then episode four is the ball challenge which there's always a ball challenge in every season but this was one of the earliest times there was like 33 looks total because it the ball means there's three Mm. three looks per queen Mm -hmm. so there's still 11 it's exciting but that's a lot to get through exactly there's still 11 queens so that was 33 looks i think i remember that episode just feeling really rushed because they had (laughs) to fit so many outfits but also this season we got 90 minute episodes plus untucked which is amazing that's right they were able to fit more in so was it the first season that they extended it to an hour and a half i think so i mean I Go. like, I'm so into that. Yeah, just, you know, taking it back for a second to think about how pioneering this show is as a reality TV show. I mean, I can't think of another reality TV show that's an hour and a half long, let exactly. alone has an additional 30 minute exactly. untucked on That's another top of thing it. I want to talk about that the being super innovative at the show is having untucked, and they've had it since literally season one mm-hmm. in some form. Like, it's changed form a lot. It started out as like a web series, right? Yeah, and it's gone back and forth. Right. Like, there was times where it was airing like this, and there was times where it was it on away. YouTube. Yeah. But it's always been there in some way. And that's just so innovative because every reality show that is like in this format of Drag Race has this like backstage long time where the contestants are just talking. And that's good content, it probably. Is. And we don't, we never see it in Top Model and Run, Project Runway. We see a little bit in Project Runway. We don't see a lot, but you know, like all these shows. That's the reality it. that we, I think that we'd want to see. Yeah. In the reality TV. Exactly. And we don't, but Drag Race gave us that from the beginning because Rue knows what the people want and how to make something good to sell, you know? <laughs> Maybe also, I wonder if in drag culture at the balls and at the competitions that they're always competing at maybe in that back area there's it's kind of known that there's this like heated drama that happens backstage I don't know, actually. and and so maybe that's why he I knew from seen, the get-go i haven't seen that on pose but that's an interesting theory mm-hmm. i wish i knew more to like yeah me know, too. you know but <laughs> i mean that's another thing paris is burning is like one of the only windows that we have yeah into that world yeah so it's hard if anything wasn't documented there yeah which again shout out to just like the filmmakers of paris is burning for willing to take that risk at that time period to make a documentary about that at the time i I I feel like there's controversy a little bit yeah that's what i've heard as well yeah being more like exploitative right but I think a lot of people are grateful (laughs) that it happened because that's all we have or that's all they have. But yeah, I think Untucked is like brilliant. It is. And I don't get why no one else caught on and did it either. (laughs) And it's the one, it's, it's so raw and it's the one part of the show that we really get to see the crew people a lot. Like they don't, they're not afraid of showing the stagedness the man behind the curtain Mm -hmm. yeah so i think it's important in that way as well for sure 
walking so. through the hallways and leaving and also the leaving like to get it to, to get mm-hmm. the long in-depth feelings and m- little micro moments yeah. of them un- uh, packing back up and getting ready to leave that's really when you feel the pain yeah. so bad like no matter if you like the queen if you didn't like the queen like you feel bad mm-hmm. when they're going home and like it brings you meaning to like going home because you literally see them get like packed up into a van like going to the airport it's like bye <laughs> like you see them leave the lot <laughs> it's so dramatic they put those moments in black and white yeah <laughs> i love that it's just so like so smart and why do other shows not catch on they're dumb anyway okay <laughs> <laughs> so the last ball on earth and this was a huge statement so many things this was the rupaul mask moment remember when she was wearing a whole face mask that was all like colors and weird and like her lips were like red like it was asia right no rupaul rupaul was yeah she had like a mask and like a ponytail coming out i'll google it because this is important i don't remember so, that the last ball on earth that was when it was all about the statement about climate change oh um, cool well that's important yeah because so they named the category Alaskan Winter Realness, and it was swimsuits. And they na- oh. they named, like, Hawaii Summer Realness, and it was, like, winter clothes. And it was trying to make a statement. And then it was, like, the third category was Martian, mm. which was just kind of fun. Is this the <laughs> one that Aquaria won? Yes. Yeah. She had, like, the luchador and then the furry, like, rainbow thing. And the Martian look was just like black, like Lady Gaga look thing. Oh, it wasn't when she did the oil no, thing? No, but it, it was, there was a look that was kind of similar to that, but that was a different one. But that was also a statement, but that was a Aquarius statement, not RuPaul. Oh. Sorry, I'm looking up. You remember? Oh, yeah, that, that th- look threw me way off. I was so... I was so into it. I, I yeah, Zeleni was, and <laughs> RuPaul looked like she was struggling to see and talk and hear. I think and also, I think she was trying to hide. Also, she was sick. Remember, oh. I feel like for the whole first half of the season, RuPaul was like fighting like a cold or the flu or I don't know, like she was. Yeah, low. her her energy was a little low. There was times where yeah, her energy was low and her voice was a little raspy at times. Mm-hmm. It was, kind of like oh no rue i took it for rue being like tired of <laughs> filming the show no i think it was she <laughs> she's was like this is interrupting my summertime <laughs> she was a little sick i think and then literally you see so much difference like the later half of the season she's like bouncing on the walls when she does her like workroom visits she's like oh what are you yeah. doing like oh that ass you know she's just like <laughs> being crazy but yeah i think the mask maybe she was hiding some flu symptoms. did you say ooh that ass yeah she says <laughs> she says stuff like that oh especially yeah the makeover she kept talking about their asses um <laughs> so yeah the mask moment the climate but are the change, asses real some of them aquaria didn't have much ass if i remember right well no she's skinny mm. But Aquarius makeup was so on point. It was really, yeah. That's her sh- her biggest strength, and yeah. she, I mean, she was strong in everything. But that was her. Biggest I think that she made me appreciate it more. Mm, that's like good. I didn't appreciate makeup as much until I saw her. Oh, what that's she a could good do. compliment. So Miss Cracker also was in the top for this ball challenge. She had like a cool Martian look where she had like a space helmet oh. and like a silver like. I think I remember that. 
Yeah, she had like an oxygen thing and it was it was cool. And this was kind of Cracker's ascend to like legitimate in the scene. Well, no, it's like she she got she she was on top and then from then on she felt the pressure to like be on top again so much that I think it like crippled her a little bit. Oh, interesting. Um and she talks a lot about that in her interview. She's like, You'll never be good enough and the things her dad told her about being like oh you have to prove to people that when you were on top it wasn't just an accident you have to do it again and it's just like fucked up <laughs> it was an accident <laughs> i mean no she she did it again it just took her a while but the thing was it was herself standing in her own way it's very much like she she just it's what happens to geniuses she overthought it she did she's i think she's just very smart and you know, witty, and she got caught up. Yeah, if you were the hearing, pressure. if you were hearing me as we were recording us uh, th- during the episodes, you would have known that I was a mis- big Miss Cracker fan. He and was. Yeah. I, w- I wanted her <laughs> to win because there was a. At, it's about at this point in the season when I started to notice sort of who was. I guess I was just noticing like who was more intelligent than oh, others, yeah. and I think this is part of what I was not. Just I just wasn't getting the intelligence from Aquaria based mm. on her interview performance and how she right. carried herself in the she comes off lobbies right. and such. But yeah, it was Miss Cracker who I there were moments where I was just like, man, that's an intelligent statement. And she repeatedly acted that way. For so sure. she oh. always had reason. Yeah. No. Yeah. She just over like that was it was in her way. She was like too smart, too thoughtful, you know, thinking too much. Right. But that was one of her high moments. And then. Monet exchange well so this was also you mentioned Asia when she she did bad because and then at the judging she said she helped everyone else and everyone sort of confirmed oh yeah and this was also a low point for Asia so Mm. like Eureka's was last week Asia's was this week it was a really low point for her but she didn't end up having to lip sync it was Monet and Dusty and mm. this was like the, oh. the most iconic lip sync of the season because Why? because it was Monet's like fake split oh, her fake out yeah. oh my god and and RuPaul in her mask there's like the gif of her like like you could tell <laughs> RuPaul was gagged she even was losing in, it yeah and, but we couldn't tell other than her arms well like, yeah she looked like a robot and her, her smile she's oh. like you know she gets excited but it was so good that monet got her she got her like mm-hmm. <laughs> and i mean it won her the lip sync i mean she was also lip syncing Nicki minaj was they say like all the queens talk about how monet does Nicki minaj like eight times a week or whatever oh, I <laughs> so see. it's like definitely in her definitely home in her, court in her wheelhouse she just got lucky yeah so who was that queen that got kicked off Dusty. Dusty. Dusty Ray uh, Bottoms. Uh, didn't really... You lie. say he, that literally about everyone. <laughs> Dusty Ray was l- sort of reminded me of that other queen from season... Was it season seven or six? Big big hair from New York, Brooklyn. Thorgy Thor? Dor- Thorgy Thor. She was in season eight. Du- yeah. We're still watching that. Dusty sort of reminded me of Thorgy I Thor. Agree. I agree. I, I thought that too, um, but like young. Thorgy yeah. Thor is kind of older. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I like Dusty Ray. She had an important story with her uh, religious background mm. that was like difficult. And it wasn't this episode that she went home that she talked about that and how she 
Like her family wanted to get her exercise or did get her exercise and stuff. So that that was an important moment for just yeah. like media. But also I really liked her finale look a lot. Hmm. She had like that cool wig and it was very like British punk looking. It was cool. I do, I do remember that. And I yeah. remember her reunion outfit was okay too. Yeah. Oh, it was like the hair. That was like a Y. Mm. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, I like her looks. I think she just got unlucky with like the theme. It's not really fitting mm. her stuff because she, she's pretty niche in her in her style. Yeah. It's like. Another queen I was having some problems with at this point was Blair St. Clair. Oh, she goes Does that segue soon. nice to our next episode? Not quite. It's Dang. actually one after, but let's move on I to... I like, I knew it was coming up. Episode five. So episode five is the episode where I broke my toe trying <sighs> to watch. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, at the gym. Uh, the story of that is in our the Truman Show episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go back into the archives of yeah, High People Club. but... I was watching. It was the Bossy Rossi talk show um, oh, yeah. with Ross. That was such a fun episode. And it was. Eureka shined a lot, if I remember right. She definitely, she won. Yeah. That was a definitely a high point for her. She, it was a very important moment for body positivity because she just showed her body or a lot, most of her body mm. without any, I don't know, padding or anything or like body suits. That was a big deal. Was this the proportionizing no, no. Segment? Okay. This is coming up. Okay. No, it was a talk show where they each had... It was like a Maury parody. Yeah. Uh, they all had different scenarios. I mean, some of them were better written than others, but definitely Dang. Eureka's moment. If we lived in LA, we could sign up to be one of the live audience members <laughs> for her show. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so not much happened that was that important. It was um, mayhem. It was controversial. Mayhem ended up lip syncing and going home for this against Monet, I think. And I mean a lot of people based on the challenge didn't think Mayhem should have been in the bottom at all. Maybe I it wonder was why. I don't remember. This was the Denim and Diamonds runway. Oh, that I was remember. why that was my Mayhem was in the bottom. She had like a pink cowgirl looking thing that wasn't very Denimy. Yeah, it wasn't. They they did clog her for that and it wasn't very fashion either. Maybe she assumed that denim meant like Western. And so she yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. took the theme, she, she, I misinterpreted remember, the theme. Yeah. And the judging, she, she, she defended it. She was like, this is denim, but it was like bright pink. Mm-hmm. It just didn't look like denim. But they were, the judges were like, well, we can't tell this denim. Or I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I don't know if they said that. And this is an important moment, which Monique Hart starts to shine. I mean, Monique Hart shines in a lot of the episodes. She's, She's more the commentator while Monet is our narrator. Monique is the commentator. The one saying like funny things about Hmm. stuff. Monique Hart. This is when she had a look where she wore like a giraffe print. And they were like, how is a giraffe print? Denim, you know, and and she was like, it's brown cow. And and brown cow became a big thing. It was like brown cow. What does that mean? She thought the print was of a brown cow but it was like giraffe print oh yeah weird because they were like what why is this kind of safari with the print and she was like why it's like brown cow and and it's an important gif it's like a very quoted thing brown cow stunning (laughs) and she's like it just became a thing like aquarius reunion look was a brown cow print inspired by monique hart i remember that now and 
That's that was on point. Yeah, and then Monique's finale look. She came out in her gown, and then she like she had a reveal, and the the dress that came out it, it was like a br- brown oh, cow print. That. Yeah, I mean it was just a funny weird thing that she thought it was brown cow, so hmm. that became a thing. But Monique had a lot of like quoted. She I think she's the most quoted queen other than Miss Fangi <laughs> of the season. But we'll get to that when she she has her time to leave. Um, <laughs> so episode six was the drag con panel. This is the proportionizing. Ah, uh, yes. And then the hair panel mess. This was the first time where I noticed uh, uh, a little bit of a trick that RuPaul regularly utilizes where they're about to go to the commercial break. So they have the coming up segment. Uh-huh. And in the coming up segment, they edit the clips together to make it look like something really dramatic is going to happen when you come back but then when you come back it's actually the opposite of what you thought was going to happen and in terms of who was going to be in trouble for saying something or blah 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 it's so annoying that like they have the coming up things when you're watching it like streaming i don't know i guess now there's commercials so oh you mean like when not live yeah yeah to me it's like oh just get on with it you know <laughs> like i know this isn't gonna happen <laughs> yeah so the drag con panel challenge was interesting too because it was like refer- referencing drag con which is like it's sort of again referencing the stuff outside the show or like the impact of the show you know a lot of shows just stay in their bubble not referencing the outside world too much but this was like embracing like in other shows they never talk about like the press or the panel type of duties you have to do but like this show just like talks about everything so they realize now being a panelist on the thing is like an important part of the job right and they're like acknowledging that and showing that so this was the first time that they had a, like a con mm-hmm. competition oh yeah that's pretty cool because drag con in general is fairly new right i think um, it's only this was this first year i think second okay but first year in la i think well no second i just think last time was really small yeah so it's just interesting to acknowledge again like the life of the show and the queens outside of the show Mm -hmm. you know but yeah so the hair people were bad they didn't teach anyone anything it was sad but i mean cracker talks a lot about in review with a jew how their team which was cracker vixen and blair st Clair, uh ended up becoming really good friends out of it so at least they got that but blair st Clair did get eliminated mm-hmm. which was sad i mean she had a i mean she spoke her truth which is great i'm glad she she got to share that because i mean it was very important and i mean really sad it's good she had like a platform and she got support from it there's a part of me that can't help but thinking that she wanted to use it to try to save herself but no no because I don't think so because RuPaul is like, he he won't he won't save you I for see. any reason, and I think he has that reputation down. Like well, that's good. He will give love, but the competition is a competition, and that's separate. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. I'm probably in the wrong for thinking that, but that's just my skepticism. So, episode seven then is Snatch Game, and that's an important milestone. It's usually like halfway and there's a lot of pressure it's every season since season two i think and eureka did well as honey boo boo 
Monet. I really love Monet in it as Ma- Maya Angelou. Mm. She did amazing. But, uh, I mean, Aquara did awesome as Melania Trump. Very timely as well. Now, wasn't, though, that a little bit of a... Didn't wasn't like they were getting close to the snatch game and Aquaria didn't know what she was going to do until like last minute. No, I think everyone comes in with a couple options. And when RuPaul does the walkthrough, they kind of go over them. Right. But like they tell you to come prepared with like Uh, two, at least, you know, because you never know. Someone else might do it. And it's happened that they're they're fighting over that or RuPaul doesn't like it. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think Aquaria had that down enough like she she knew or had studied because there's a lot of like small things that she brought into it too and she did a great job she wins she did she's the only queen in history to win her story the only queen in history to win the ball and snatch game that's a big deal because it's these are deal. traditional games on rupaul's drag race well it's a huge deal because the ball challenge is for the fashion queens. The snatch game is for the comedy queens. So like, so she snatched both balls. Mm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe that was... Any hole is a goal. <laughs> her new catchphrase. Exactly. So usually it's very different types of people that are good at either one. Mm-hmm. But she ended up being good at both. So that just speaks to like her deservingness and her like well-roundedness as a queen contestant Um, for the crown yeah because that's never happened before dang oh asia did really poorly as beyonce another big low point for asia i'd have to rewatch that oh was wasn't she sort of like like kind of depressed or just angry she was super angry and she also sabotaged uh, not on purpose the vixen's performance because the vixen was doing blue ivy so it was like she was playing her mom but like playing her super angry and just shutting up Hmm. just shutting her up anytime blue ivy would talk so Uh, she like ruined vixen's performance was it a little bit of like a personal tension because of that oh i don't think so she just played the character wrong yeah like in that in that episode i think there was some tension between them about just what happened because Vixen originally didn't want to work together that much. And Asia was like, yeah, we'll work together. And then she ended up doing that. And it was, But they never, I mean, later they have an important, they're very close. But let's be honest, like, how are you going to pick somebody that's four years old? I know. I think Asia didn't let her talk. So, like, we couldn't even see her prove herself. There have been times on Snatch Game in past season where it's like a character that we don't know very well. But, like, you can make them funny by, like, making up something. But it takes a lot of talent to do that. And we couldn't... I don't think Vixen even had a chance because Asia kept shutting her up. Yeah, it's unlikely it would have been hilarious, probably, because Beyonce, Kim Kardashian... Like, there's characters that, like, are just never funny. And I think Blue Ivy falls under that Beyonce not funniness because they're just glamorous people that don't really, like mess up or do anything that's like yeah they're just not known for their like i guess exuberant personalities yeah exactly so it's just not the best choice and i think after this season finally people are gonna stop doing beyonce because she's been done many times and Mm. failed every time so has kim kardashian 
It's just like, don't do those. Home ended up being Monique Hart. She played Maxine Waters, and she didn't do so well. This was the Mermaid. Yeah, it was the Mermaid Runway, which was where Aquaria did the oil slick. Oh, um, cool. Which is also why she won. It was the Melania Plus Right, look. makes sense. Um, I don't know who this Maxine person is. She's famous uh, politician. Mm-hmm. She was actually in the news lately. Hmm. I forgot what. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she didn't look like her. Anyway, Monique, ha- it was important because saying or they lip synced that Carly Rae Jepsen song, but Monique didn't know the words. Oh no! She, she was just twirling. She was like moving her mouth occasionally. <laughs> she was doing, you know, like trying to cover the fact that yeah, she didn't know like the words. Yeah, like hand movements to cover the mouth. Her <sighs> wig fell off. Oh it was no! Kinda, what a mess. It was, but also it brought up like a huge deal because. Apparently, the whole night before, she was working on her mermaid costume. And, like, she came to Drag Race with literally fabric and was making every look. From um, scratch? Kind of. Or from, like, small, Mm. you know, bases. And it brought a huge deal because she was very, like, she didn't have much before Drag Race. Like, she... Mm. She like she came, came from minimal means. Yeah, she didn't have costumes ready or designers doing stuff for her or anything like that. And she gets to the competition and every night before the runway, she's just like trying to finish a look. Mm. So, I mean, she became a big symbol of like that disparity in Drag Race and that that is an issue for a lot of queens, especially queens of color. Well, they talked about that in Paris is Burning mm-hmm. about how there's a big difference, like like the money, having money is an issue because what started happening was that a lot of the queens were stealing their looks oh, uh-huh. in order to compete. But you could, how the experienced queens from the old school drag culture, I guess in the 70s and such, they knew they could tell the difference between those uh, who actually uh-huh. bought it and those who stole it. And so um, that's, yeah, how this, this has been an ongoing issue uh, or For sure. f- yeah, place of tension in drag culture. And they also explored that in Pose, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. just in the opening sequence. Girl. Anyway, yeah, Monique, she, she just gave so many quotables. She was like, nevertheless, the bitch world you know <laughs> she was like because she was just defending her giving her best shot of lip sync despite not knowing the words <laughs> like she was just the facts are facts having fun facts just are facts america that quote was the most quoted line of the season i think facts are facts america i gotta see the data on that one. <laughs> oh, trust me i've been all over the <laughs> All over the place, but all over the data. Yeah, you I don't, believe you. you don't go on Twitter. I need to show you like Monique Hart compilation quotes because they were important. You just weren't realizing it while they were happening. Facts are facts, America. Yeah, and I mean, I, this was one of my favorite looks by Aquaria, the oil slick statement. And I saw in an interview that the tail weighed like a ton, not a literal ton, but a lot. Like it was just. Super I wonder what heavy. she made it out of. Well, she didn't make it. it remi- I don't know, but it was heavy as fuck. Yeah. Okay. So episode eight was the share rusical where Cameron won. It was definitely a high point for Cameron. 
Cameron is like a share impersonator. Right, but she didn't tell him. Mm. She didn't tell anyone to wait after she won. And everyone was like, why didn't you tell us? And she was like, because I didn't want uh, people to expect too much, you know. She's, Which was, she's just a quiet, smart. shady bitch. Well, I don't know about shady. She's quiet. She's Sorry, I really shouldn't say shady bitch. I mean shady hoe. Well, <laughs> same thing. No, I don't <laughs> think she's shady. I think she's more like worried about getting a shady edit if she says like literally anything negative. Hmm. Like she's worried if she says anything negative about anyone. She's just like staying PC. Yeah. She doesn't want any issues with the fans or the queens or anything. Crackers part, which was like the final. It was based on Believe by Cher. It was like the final era. It became like a huge meme. Really? Yeah. Why? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And it was a little after it too. It wasn't like... Right after the episode, it was like later. It was just like, oh, it's the, all that stuck in my head is Crackers Believe first from Share the Rules. It was just weird. There was a million memes about it. She ended up coming out with a remix because it was so, everyone was memeing it. That was <laughs> important. That's also when the Vixen goes home, I think. Thank goodness. Um, I guess that's a, a something that was a pattern that we didn't really touch on yet about how she was starting to become more and more aggressive i know but also i don't know like unpacking the vixen this season is like a whole nother episode yeah a whole other episode she was saying a lot of really important things and there was times when she was wrong there was times when she was right but she brought a lot of important stuff to the surface that's been going on in the fandom and stuff i mean this was a good episode for her to go because she she did get a little bit of like that redemption with Asia's conversation with her. Remember, she Asia comes up to her. Because right. this is when she thinks everyone hates her. Right. She's like, I'm in this for myself. And then Asia comes up to her and really gets through to her. Literally everybody hated her. I mean. <laughs> Just like she was like, so like they walked in at the beginning of the episode right. into the workroom. Like. But also like, I don't know. At the reunion, I feel like changed things a lot for me on her because like you see how the producers and Rue mainly Rue who is a producer eggs are on yeah and only cares about and focuses on the fighting thing and it's like clearly just like pushing her trying to get her to fight but like there's other things to talk about you know it's like you know yeah like and then they have the big fight over it and I mean we saw in review of the Jew too like all the queens were kind of on Vixen's side because they know her as, like, a lot of them know her, like, as a friend who's, like, not aggressive and not... It's just, like, in the high-pressure situation, that's what came out, but, like, she's and not... And then once the producers realized that's a side of her, they want to just pour salt on the wound and press well, it. Well, yeah, and make they, it they just want a villain, like... Yeah. Because every show has a villain, you know? It's, like... But she's not always a villain. It's just, like, in that situation, it came out that you know she she got heated but i just remember based on what i was watching she she did strike me as starting to become a safety hazard for the other queens but Uh, no you don't think think so i don't think a safety hazard i think like just like it looked like she was like at any point about to just start punching somebody i don't think so no okay she you say so yeah i don't think it was that i think it was i don't know i think Asia's moment was really important to see, like, the hurt behind her actions. And Asia puts it so eloquently. 
I don't know. I think that was an important moment. And then the reunion that like redeemed her a lot for me. It may have been Just the review of the Jew that redeemed her. That's why me. I made you watch it. Because I knew this would come up and... I just didn't know about that friendship that they had formed. Right. When you're like, I'm listening to all these podcasts, analyzing them, and you you get to hear all these perspectives. And I don't know, you see more like the deeper meaning. I feel like people that just watch the show casually just see like the aggressiveness and the fighting, you know. But like if you get deeper into it, you find mm, it's more complicated than that, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted you to watch Review of the Jew, just so you saw like at least some other side of it that isn't just like what's presented on the show. That's nice of you. <laughs> so episode nine, Breast World. This uh. is the one we didn't see. We were in New York. We saw the Untucked oh, in the New York yeah. bar. Okay, well, n nobody goes home. Right. This is the old lady runway. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Silver Foxy. And then see. is this also like the beginning of their closer friendship? Kind of. I feel like it was blossoming a little before that okay just because they're both from tennessee i think mm. that just that's just in general like yeah that's a random state Common. so it's like yeah i just this was the part where i think i started noticing eureka trying to extend herself as the one person willing to give cameron like a friendship and a chance mm -hmm. because everybody else was sort of uh or not even sort of everybody else was really pushing against her for being the shy reserve one yeah uh, especially even rue and so oh yeah for sure yeah they wanted to make her feel really bad about it and i i was a, i had some issues with that i felt like she had a right to behave however she wanted to behave yeah. but i'm sure that everybody and the producers and all were like she's she's not giving us the yeah it's hard because personality she, that we want she definitely wasn't giving a personality she wasn't good tv that's the thing mm -hmm, she right. wasn't good tv but she was a great competitor she was i mean honestly it, personally i feel that she added an element of mystery to yeah. the uh, selections which we don't we don't ever really get from the contestants so in that respect i felt like she did bring something fresh and worth mm, and something new to the season but anyway that's just yeah me. that that's a positive outlook on it mm -hmm. yeah I, I think she did a great at the competition was this her first time in the bottom two no this was her second i see i think no you're right I think it was her first. But that would mean she yeah, was in yeah. the bottom two, like, for the next, like, three, yeah. four times. Yep, she was. So, yeah, next was the makeover of the Social Media Kings, which is cool because it's, like, oh, three of them are YouTubers I've seen or watched for a long time. So I felt like I knew them. I've been watching these people for years, and mm -hmm. it's like, wow. Like, Kingsley, Tyler Oakley especially. Oh, I got to meet him this year. It was amazing. So, this was also, the like, the fight. This was the sixth elimination. So, it was for the top five. Yeah. And I remember in the previous episode, we were both, you know, basically happy because, or at least when it got down to the final two, because we were like, oh, Monet made it to the top five. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait. Oh, no. And now we got to watch the next episode. Yeah. I know. Uh, I was so, uh, I mean... I echo Aquarius frustration, which everyone gave her shit for in the competition. Remember the double save after it, Aquarius like all mad about it. Right. And then Asia's like, who says this is the only double save? And Aquarius like, well, 
there's never been another double save you know it's like because aquaria is also like a mega fan of drag mm-hmm. and you can tell like she quotes it like so quick when it's yeah she said that she'd been watching since season one yeah she yeah when she was like crazy. 10 years old <laughs> right <laughs> it's crazy but yeah so aquaria is upset and i echoed it just because i really liked aquaria monet cracker and asia so much that i was like by process of elimination eureka camera it's like okay just because i love these other four i'm okay if one of them goes home and then they got double save and i was like damn it and then makeover challenge monet goes home which made me so upset because tyler is my one of my favorite youtubers and i'm like he did so good and he's so positive but also monet was falling behind on her looks i think uh her personality and her like acting was getting her through so it made sense it's definitely not on tyler i mean didn't the other queens comment about how she would so often throw on just yeah. whatever she her, had her by the end cat, a romper pussycat wig and no tuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i mean yeah she just has that kind of personality that's just magnetic she doesn't need <laughs> much else and i mean the, the funny thing was and they kept pointing it out on twitter like how the only time she didn't wear a pussycat wig were all the time she was in the bottom Oh, what's time. a pussycat wig? It's like the short hair wig. Oh, okay. Which Monet did a lot oh, this season. Yeah. And RuPaul kept getting mad at her for it. But then any time that she didn't wear it? Every single time she, she wore big hair, she she was lip sync. Yeah. What? That's horrible. It's I like, know. <laughs> gosh. I know. So. There's uh, a conspiracy. It's like they gave her advice to exactly. get her in the bottom too. Ugh. And then, of course, the star of the episode, Miss Cookie. I was so proud of Chester. I'm not like a watcher of Chester. I'm a watcher of his ex-girlfriend, Grace. <laughs> and that's how I knew him. They secretly dated for like a while, but they never acknowledged it. But then I tweeted about how he said in the show, he was like, my ex-girlfriend loves Drag Race. And I was like, I think he just referenced Grace. Because they never acknowledged it, so I was still looking for them to acknowledge it. And then he liked my tweet, so I'm like, okay, that counts as acknowledging it, I guess, for me. <laughs> in That's my really book. cool. That's a good moment. <laughs> yeah. Good moment. I was for like, you. wow, Chester liked my tweet, and so that means they did date. Finally acknowledged, <laughs> confirmed. Ooh, ooh, Here ooh. only. <laughs> yeah, but Miss Cookie. I mean, you see this a lot in the makeover challenge. There's like that one more reserved person that like. The drag really transforms them and mm. gives them that like opportunity to just let go of it all and show this other side that they don't show normally. And Miss Cookie was definitely that person. I was so worried for Cracker. He was like the most man, like the masculine, the, one, the most like he had a beard. Yeah. And uh, no, not alpha. Not alpha. No. <laughs> no, Chester's sweet. Okay. <laughs> he. It's just like he looked like the most boyish but then cracker did amazing like transforming him into miss cookie she's a woman that's another quote that's like important she's a woman you know Mm. (laughs) about chester because it's just such a good moment when he sees himself Mm. in the mirror it's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want to rewatch that yeah it's can we rewatch that after we finish this sure okay cool (laughs) 
<laughs> we just rewatched the whole season uh, all night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, Miss Cookie was the star, the star of this, of this episode. And nice. Cracker got her win, which she didn't have a win. So what does Chester do? What's Chester's like channel? He's a YouTuber, but I think he also does like music hmm. related things on YouTube. He's pretty funny. He has like, he doesn't look funny, but like he's kind of like unexpected funny. But I've only seen him through Grace, so... <laughs> So the next episode, almost done, Evil Twins, which was the inner saboteur, which is a big theme that RuPaul talks about a lot, like in his podcast and stuff. Just like how everyone has this inner saboteur inside of them. And it's just very important to him to like overcome. And like he says, it's sort of like your inner demons or like your ego. Yeah, like the part that tells you you're not good enough or mm-hmm. whatever negative things that hold you back in life. Right. It's that voice. It's about bringing it out, like finding it, identifying yes. it, bringing it out and uh, yes. embracing it. Just realize, kind of realizing. Or facing it. Yeah. Yeah. Realizing when it's talking to you so that you know not to listen. Right. You know. Right. And he really wanted the queens to like tap into that and. The queens that were on top were kind of s- were pretty successful, but like Cracker, and it, it was it's clearly the queens with the biggest inner saboteurs that weren't able to tap into it mm. because I think it's such a part of themselves yeah. that it's like they couldn't separate it, mm. like especially for Miss Cracker and RuPaul punished her hard for it because like that's why she went home because she didn't show the vulnerability that RuPaul was looking for all season, and RuPaul punished that. RuPaul doesn't like... Like, if you can't show your vulnerability and be real, RuPaul is going to cut you. Then why didn't she cut Cameron? Because Cameron didn't tap into it, but it she didn't avoid it as much as Cracker. Like, for Cracker, Ru saw, like, something really deep, and then she didn't do it. She I definitely felt like Cracker just kind of had, like, also, like, this wall up the whole sure. time. For yeah. sure. Exactly. And Cameron also did, but it was less. It was like, okay, yeah, she's introverted. And she, you know, basically Cameron's sins were less than Cracker's in Rue's eyes. And I guess. Yeah. Probably the lip sync had something to do with it, too. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Cameron did great, but I thought Cracker did great, too. Like, she, she did it comedically, and it was fun, and it was funny. We also forgot to mention, just going back a little bit, we forgot to mention the iconic moment of the double save where Eureka and Cameron do the double split at oh. the same time. <laughs> That's that, true. that was a cool moment. That was. That was fun. It's only happened like once before, I think. Mm. But they, they I did remember it. I was like blown away when I saw oh, that. Oh yeah. It was it was cool. I was like, how do they do that and not plan it? Right. It was just like Intuition. Yeah, and I guess the song it was a good time for it. Yeah, and um, I also felt like it was reflective of the conversation they had right before going out on stage because they had sort of both uh-huh. owned up to the fact that they're likely to be in the bottom two. Yeah. And so, but because they were also sort of non-aggressive type of people, I think it just sort of flowed really well and they were just sort of on yeah. that same wavelength. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, was a, that was a good moment. That was a good lip sync mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, poor Cracker, she had to leave on this episode. It and was so, it was heartbreaking. Was yeah, her, her inner saboteur was mm-hmm. not that impressive, though. That too. I mean, that didn't help that she wasn't able to finish because apparently she had like, and she, I think in a review, the juice she talked about it, 
Um, she had like a huge tantrum with the sewing machine. Oh yeah. When she was trying to make the evil twin look because she already had the good twin look made. It was made by Yua. Yua, who went home earlier. She was gonna make like the the buddy. Mm-hmm. But like she kept fucking up on the sewing machine for yeah. whatever reason, and she had like a breakdown about it. Yeah, all the queens were trying to calm her down. Sewing machines are complicated. <laughs> they really are, and Cracker's a great sewer. So I don't know, just things were going wrong, and she ran out of time. She had to use something she had, and I mean, it didn't work out. Have you ever used a sewing machine? No, I <gasps> want to, but <sighs> I got to use them in my theater classes. Oh, that's fun. When I was in high school. And I was I told myself I never want to touch one of these again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so hard. Yeah. I was I like, how does anybody like keep it straight? It's right. very difficult. I don't think Cracker wants to either. I mean, I'm sure she has to, but she doesn't want to. <laughs> the last note I want to make about this episode is the editing. The editing oh, was weird. That was right? important. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. That was a how huge they have to Right. They film like fake reactions of the good twins reacting to Yeah. It was interesting it was a choice it, it was. was i mean it was hard because a little extra in my opinion exactly i made it seem a lot more fake and, yeah. and that's hard but also it's like they weren't able to hide it yeah at all on all right mary they did talk about how it could also be seen as a commentary of like proving how everything is fake a little bit but also that's like the positive way of seeing it right they 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 always they're so good at <laughs> spinning it well no no about providing both perspectives like yeah. trying to find both like the positive and negative because they definitely criticized it also for like feeling fake yeah they just they just they're good at finding both both yeah. sides but yeah i thought that was interesting like just proving a point how reality tv is that fake that it's just like yeah truly they were make they could make it look real but you know it's not it's weird the other thing, the last thing about this episode is I hated the fucking pancake challenge. What happened to the puppet challenge? Yeah. Because on most seasons, there's a mini challenge towards the end like this of like little puppet versions of each queen and the other queens. It's literally been my like my favorite part of the previous seasons that we've watched. Yeah. They're, it's hilarious. Like the queens imitate each other and they have to like drag up the puppet because they get the boy version yeah. of each queen. And it's puppet. like a shade fest. Oh, it's ama- It's so fun. And it's like, where the fuck are the puppets? I miss <laughs> the puppets. Yeah. Seriously. RuPaul, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you need to not only redo the finale format, but bring <laughs> like, seriously, we would just be so happy if you made the finale a puppet bring competition. Bring back my puppets. <laughs> <laughs> definitely oh i wish we could just end it there (laughs) we're almost done i mean the next episode american which is the episode you have thoughts on oh i don't have thoughts it was just the pacing was poor for me because at this point you have four queens that have grown very comfortable with themselves like all with everybody and you've weeded out all of the like kind of controversial ones Yeah. yeah and so everybody is just these are I mean, clearly they are the cream of the crop, but also there's not much, how do I say, like dynamics happening that pull me in. And so it was starting to feel uh, just like the whole episode was feeling like it wasn't building up to anything. And then, of course, it wasn't. 
there was no payoff at the end. And so it just felt like a big happy-go-lucky fest that we're all in the top four. Yeah, it it was definitely that because it's just a lot of people predicted it because of last season and because the queens were pretty strong this season. They really were. I mean, it made it difficult for I was I was like, how? Yeah. And the people also that a lot of people look for the spoilers of the finale because it got taped. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people already knew for sure forward there. So it's like everyone knew whether by like predicting it or like knowing for sure that it was four queens. And then you see like none of them get one or they don't show in the edit any critique. Right. Um. So it's very clear like they're all moving on. It's just all like how well they've brought it. Yeah. All season. And I, pre- I but it was it true. Like, you know, all, all, it was. especially at that point in that episode, like they all brought a looks. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I did enjoy the recording of the song and, and the performance of the song. That was really fun. Uh, the American verses mm-hmm. that were all unique to the Queens. Yeah. I, I like that part. Like seeing that video. Cause it, all the choreography, Todrick did a great job the choreography so that that was good but yeah that episode was definitely more like like i enjoy it because i like any content i just like to eat up any content but i see how like people that want to move forward would be annoying (laughs) yeah for me it was just a little spinning its wheels and i mean that's kind of what happens when you get to the top four anyway i guess Mm -hmm. but this particular go round, there just wasn't enough you know tension i guess to keep me thrilled about what i would normally be thrilled about in every other episode mm-hmm. i just wanted to kind of take it back quickly to the last challenge uh where cracker left mm-hmm. because of the alter ego and one of the important parts about that was that they recorded a monologue to yeah. go on top of their performance and the, i remember that just being a moment apparently where um, asia had really shined yeah right? asia did amazing in the, like she I delivered mean, on that and cracker in her review was like i you know like i didn't even know that we were doing that or something and or i don't know i thought she no, had some excuse about why she didn't do good about it no i think she just went for the comedic instead of tapping oh, into right something real and asia did great and her look was amazing and the balloons continuity was awesome you know she had her good twin had like blown up balloons and then the evil one had them all deflated and Mm. dragging and then it was like the bald look with the black eyes and dripping down and then aquarius i loved it i mean a lot of people were like annoyed at how gagged the judges were but like i loved it it was an iconic fashion moment like michelle said (laughs) <laughs> i love that that fucking 3d printed jaw like eh. you didn't i wasn't about it it was and it the was blood the apron oh yeah pretty off perform- pretty off putting but that's me. the point i guess it's everybody fashion. loved it you know i loved it not everyone did I guess Twitter. one thing that this season helped me appreciate more was headpieces <laughs> <laughs> definitely cameron cameron's good at those yeah Wow. Okay. So what other episodes do we have to cover? What do you mean? The reunion? I mean, we've kind of talked about anything that was important from the reunion. Mm. Mostly stuff about the Vixen and RuPaul's flight, which we addressed enough, I think. Final thoughts? This season was amazing. Like, despite the 
flops of the finale, like the hiccups and all that. Like this season in general was so strong. And it was so fun to like be watching it as it was going in, like like digesting all this content every week outside of it that analyzed it because and I was watching every episode like two or three times so like I had time to be analyzing rather than just watching it once and being done because I would watch it by myself then I would watch it with you I would watch it with my mom you know so <laughs> it was just like you have to analyze at that point because you have nothing else to do <laughs> <laughs> you know and it was so fun to like look deeper and see the political messages. There was so much like about voting in the a last episode. A lot about voting. Oh my god! I mean, that's just a super important thing for, especially for RuPaul's liberal audience. Yeah. And he's trying to, and this is a midterm election season, yeah. and it's just constantly hammered home in all of the talk news that I listen to about how. The, you know, if you want change, you got to show yeah. up and how there's just a history of Democrats not showing up. Yeah. And to like the poll, to the no other reality show can do that. It'd be so random and weird mm-hmm. for like Project Runway to be like, oh, registered vote. It'd be kind of cool. But like, you know, it's it was so cool. They did that one part where RuPaul came out to the stage uh-huh. and it was like, hey, who's here registered to vote? And all the uh, judges raised mm-hmm. their hands. There was also in the climate change episode about who here believes in climate change. <laughs> really? Uh, Everybody yeah, raises their hands? Of course. Nice. And they're like, there you go. 100% of drag ra- RuPaul's drag race judges believe in climate change. <laughs> it was just so like, she was just, she's mad. And rightfully so. We're all, A lot of us are mad. So it's like, it's great that she's using the platform instead of just like ignoring it and trying to be a distraction, which mm-hmm. it is a lot in a lot of ways. But it's also like, it's you're not escaping the message of like, you, you need to vote and stand up for what's right. There you go. It's true. Just so show up. This was definitely the most political and season I've seen. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it definitely comes just with the territory. Oh, yeah. Of the time period. For me, this was the first show that I've come into in a very long time. I think maybe since probably maybe like 2000, since Lost maybe, that I've actually paid attention to live as the episodes came out. uh So, you know, this is like 10 years in the making for me of of coming (laughs) to a show that I could actually watch on a regular basis as the episodes were coming out. So I felt like I was actually part of something, experiencing something that was current uh so that was important for me and i think that my uh alienness really showed because of that yeah <laughs> getting educated fully so that was really special for me um mm-hmm. i still have my issues about rupaul i'm not going well, to get into it here but yeah and rupaul's had some controversial moments this year for mm-hmm. sure really yeah Did just because he also has like an older perspective and a lot of the young queens i mean as we saw in the reunion that was like big thing it was old versus young sort of like the old versus young dichotomy of like democrats you know Mm. (laughs) but you know it's like rupaul is talking about you're on your own you work for yourself and the young people are like no you know we gotta help each other you know it's like a generational thing Mm, competing mentality yeah so like rupaul has run into she this year she ran into some stuff about 
the transgender community where she really hurt them. Oh, how so? Um, we can talk about it later. Oh. It's been enough. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, so I guess those are my final thoughts, really. Uh, I, At the end of the day, it was a very entertaining and enjoyable show yeah. uh, based on what I've seen from the previous seasons and having watched season five full. Was it season five or six that we watched? We watched season six fully. Yeah. I mean, season six was great, amazing and phenomenal. This season, though, the talent was just at a totally another level. And it certainly rivaled much of what I've seen in uh, some of the top seasons of america's next top model that we've watched and yeah. such well it's better just because of the all the things they have to do mm-hmm. on top of just the one thing yeah the other shows have to do but i yeah. guess one thing we didn't mention is well i i think i do think that this is the first season on vh1 i could be wrong but i don't think so okay but it was season nine was on VH1. well it definitely seemed like the first so this is the first season so rupaul won his Emmy Award for Outstanding Host for the previous season. It was like the first time his show was nominated, I guess, and and he won. So I think, you know, he's coming from that into this season, too. It seemed like the production value or just like the investment in this show was incredibly higher than in previous seasons. I think you just haven't seen enough season nine. Maybe you're right. Because season nine looks a lot like this. They did do like a makeover of this, of the workroom for the first time in like the 10 years. So like, that also, I think, helps make it look a lot different. And, of course, like, the technology looks better every season. So, it's, like, mm-hmm. it's better looking. So, maybe that's part of the, also part of the change you're seeing is, like, they, they did do, like, a little makeover of the whole set. But my main, my main point is there were so many celebrity cameos that's that they true. had. But they had Gaga last season. Come on. Yeah. They, they had Christina Aguilera first episode this season. This season? Yeah, season 10. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I hear that. I just mean, I think. But I mean, you had, you had like Stephen Colbert, Oprah, right. Alex Trebek, these really random A list people that you wouldn't right. expect to, in my opinion, to be on RuPaul yeah. coming out to support it. I think that it was just a critical moment for the show to expand its audience massively. Yeah. And, you know, it's too bad about the finale, but otherwise on the whole, really rock solid, probably will go down in uh, Rue history. Her strength. It's definitely, I think that that started in season nine because they went to VH1 they and they got Gaga. I'm positive they were on VH1 because people are like, oh, they got Gaga because they're on VH1 now. All right, um, I say so. So I think having Lady Gaga that first episode and then they had a lot of huge people on season nine as well. So it's like they had Kesha, they had Lisa Kudrow. I don't know. They had lots of people. They had some stars. Yeah. A-list again. And season 10 continued that and had a few more. So I think it started season nine. Season 10 had more. And I think season nine and 10 have been when it's becoming more mainstream, pretty mainstream. It's well on its way. To oh, that. yeah. Because um, it's getting to the point where I can at least mention it to people mm-hmm. that uh, they're, they're the last type of people I'd expect to know anything about yeah. in this culture. Yeah. And at least they are aware of it and familiar. Yeah. I mean, so. like my mom, I got my mom to watch it. Like, that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's excited about it she if only my mom had my mom had cable <laughs> <laughs> then i she could. was team eureka my mom i was sort of <laughs> team eureka too yeah you were 
I, I, I just her felt a lot. like the, it was that time for for plus size women to shine. No, I get it. I I liked her a lot. I just connected more with Aquaria and Asia, but Eureka, I think she's really kind and nice and stands for a good message. Eureka was like an ice cream cone to me. What do you mean? <laughs> I guess mainly because like her her head oh was like, like she looks like the one? perfect type of ice cream scoop <laughs> look the and loaves. Then, yeah, and then the way she twirled her hair at the top, it looked oh. like this perfect little twirl at the end of a ice cream cone. I see it. That's yeah. just me. Right. So I the think Dairy Queen. Yeah, all these <laughs> celebrities things and VH1, I think that's all contributed to becoming the mainstream. Yeah. Show it's it's I mean, when we were in New York City, we saw posters of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh yeah, all over the all, place. Yeah, and so that was definitely new and wild. I'm like, come on, why isn't that in Austin? City right. of the weird. Mm, they wish. <laughs> yeah. Again, third time in a row, New York City wins the crown. Big Apple. <laughs> I have nothing witty to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been a lovely, uh, fine use of time. Yep. <laughs> I am grateful for you, Zeleni. A plus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a. <laughs> so Lenny's jaw drop. You want to try that again? What? <laughs> wow, retracting my vote. Yep. Why? Invalid. I give it A. Nope. A. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why A plus? <laughs> because all of two hours worth of commentary. A plus. <gasps> but it's not what I really feel. There's no reason for you to dock points. There are reasons. Oh, that those reasons. Oh God. I see. It's a whole reality TV labor issue. Oh, I don't want to get but into it. But we're not gonna get into it. That I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. There's there's a reason why I can't give it to the plus level. Just because but that's a general problem with all reality TV. Yes. All of it. But at least in other reality TV, it isn't like just one person picks who goes home. Well, but RuPaul doesn't. As we know from Review of the Jew, he goes and consults with producers. It's always producers' hand are in it. hands are in it. But he also created the show. Like, he's going to have the power. That's the last note I want to leave you with is always ask yourself, who has the power? RuPaul. Well, this has been another fantastic I have a episode. to... The hosts of All Right Mary, Colin and Johnny. Oh. Because I love them. And they're super cool. And they're good at analyzing media. They're really good and really fair about it. And I really appreciate that. They're like kind about it, but fair. That's really sweet. And we need more of that in, in our media. Mm-hmm. Right now. <laughs> we cannot wait for fairness one second longer. We try to give you a fair perspective here on a high key book club, yeah. which is why I give it an A. But Cameron give it an sometimes a is just a hater. And so is Zeleni. <gasps> nom nom. Zeleni just sometimes refuses to look past her love for something. Nope. <laughs> Tashay away. Shante, you stay. I know. <laughs> oh my God, you set me up. See, you just, that's what, she's manipulative, y'all. And <laughs> I've got to run away. Oh, well, I got to go do some drag now. 
So I'll make have sure to. <laughs> if you want to see what that looks like, make sure to check out our video on YouTube. That's right. About Miss Drama Queen. Yeah, Miss Drama Queen over here. <laughs> she brought the drama out of that video. So check out our YouTube at Huggy Book Club. Tweet us or Instagram us if you have thoughts on Drag Race or the finale or anything else you want us to cover. Or you can email us at HuggyBookClub at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook community, uh, which is thriving with comments and, and commentary about the awesomeness of everything that we covered. I'm trying to get a little more creative with some graphics, so I will try yeah, to stay on top of that. If y'all saw our La La Land graphic, our previous Cameron, episode. Yeah, Cameron did a great job of making well, a thank really you. fun. That's, that's really nice. Yeah, a really fun graphic for us. So yeah, that's pulled great. it out. So, all right. Well, we've got another episode to go record. So, we'll be hitting you up next week, probably with something Disney related, but <gasps> we'll have to see what that is. And in the meantime, you'll be hearing from us. <laughs>